Welcome back everyone to Hinterland Story Hour. This is episode 2. Today we're talking about Altered Carbon Season 2. Our first episode was Altered Carbon Season 1. The new Netflix show. Uh, we did not have an incredibly firm grasp on the story of the first one because we watched it a year prior. Two years ago. Was it two years ago? Oh my word. We watched it as soon as it came out. And then we started watching the last episode again because the second season had just come out. And weirdly enough, we fell off of the show, didn't we, before we got to the finale when we first started watching it? Um, Why did we do that? We got caught up with something else, I think, or we got busy, or we just um, we stopped watching for some reason, and then we let Amazon, Amazon, we let Netflix expire. Right, right, before we finished it. Anyway, uh, we just finished uh, season two like a month ago. Not long ago. A few weeks ago? Yeah. Not long at all. Um, so it's still pretty fresh. Something to say? Well, we went straight from episode 10 of season 1 into season 2. Which really is a great thing to do. Like, we kind of did it right. You know? Mm-hmm. If you need a refresher, we got it. We watched the finale of the last one, and then we watched the and, entirety of the next one. And before we did the first episode, uh, just the other day, we did watch the first episode of season 1 again. Oh, that's right. Before we did our podcast for season mm-hmm. one, we watched the first episode. Anyway, this is all on a side. Um, so if, you're, if this is your first time coming to us, we're just gonna do. We're gonna be reviewing the story, talking about a little bit of a little bit of society stuff and philosophy stuff if it comes up. Um, this will be full spoilers. So if you haven't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled, go watch it before listening to this podcast. Because we're not going to censor ourselves as far as what happens in the story. That's the whole point of the show. So, um, uh, that's it. That's all we have to say, right? Before we really dive in. Yes? Yeah, well, time for content warning. That's right. We are going to attempt to do content warnings at the beginning of every show. This is interesting. Because I believe the content warning, the actual warning... For TV shows, you know, the ratings board got lowered. I know there was some nakedness. There was I know, but some I, sex scenes. I believe that it's got less of a content warning than yes. than the first season. Not not our personal one, the actual rating boards. Oh, did it? I believe so. Hmm. So, season one was like mature. Sex scene like every episode. Or more than mature? I don't know. I didn't look this up. It's just what I had heard. Um, and then the second season was way more tame, much less blood, much less blood. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to describe some something gory, but let's not. It, it was very gory. The first season was. Second one, yeah. not so much. Uh, much less um, sexual scenes. There were two sex scenes through the whole season, as far as I can think about. Uh, and they, Maybe. And we skipped through sex scenes personally but you can see the screenshots i don't think they were really graphic uh, even though we skipped through them yeah i, I think there i didn't was... get the impression they were very graphic they're, yeah, they're kind of like r-rated movies you know but not like nc-17 movies yeah well the first we may have to pause at some point the, the first season was like nc-17 territory you wouldn't see that in the theater yeah you, know you see I mean? kinnaman naked completely naked a bunch of times you don't um, want to see it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who's that one actor they always have to sh- throw in a shot of him completely naked from behind? Isn't that... Um, I don't know. You lost me. 
Uh, Hugh made Jackman. An, made an impression on you, though. Oh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman's got a every, nice butt, apparently. So Every movie Hugh Jackman is in, they have to show at least one shot of him completely naked from behind. It's All right. So let's awkward. stop talking about Hugh Jackman's butt. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, all that to say, the second season is... Uh, much less. Yes, it's ick. much more tame um, than the first season. <clears throat> but still, don't watch it with your young kids. No. Um, and don't watch it with your parents. Yep. Although it's still, it's, it's so much less bad that I wouldn't mind watching it with my parents if they wanted, my dad wanted to watch it. We can watch it together. There's a fast first forward season? button for the season. Not first the first season. season. No. no, too much nakedness. That'd be too awkward. Uh, uh, moving on, the setting. We gave a brief recap of the setting because I expect people listening to this particular episode will have listened to the first episode and we don't want to bore them with a recap of the setting. But for those listening who don't know anything about Altered Carbon, it's based around a premise. And I'll just ad lib it instead of reading it like I did in the last episode. Uh, the premise is there's this technology that every person gets implanted into them at the age of one or something like that when they're very young babies. Um, they're called cortical stacks. Uh, it's based on ancient technology. It's basically your consciousness resides in this disc of metal um, that glows with fancy LED lights. Uh, your body can die. It can be destroyed. As long as this metal disc is intact, they can implant your consciousness into a different body. They call them sleeves instead of bodies. They download them. They don't actually remove the disc, right? I don't recall. I'm, I'm really not sure. I feel because like... Because people can... Yeah, like, you know, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, the it's basically data at that point. Yeah, it's but, very transhumanist, the whole... The whole premise is. Yeah, people are very disposable. Yes. Um, there's uh, elite people known as meths, which is based off Methuselah from the Bible, lived 900 years plus. Um, they uh, are ultra rich. Uh, they're rich enough that they can afford to have uh, daily or even like hourly backups of their consciousness to a server in satellites that when their body dies they just a new clone gets activated with their consciousness they mm -hmm. basically never die they never grow old some of them are hundreds and hundreds of years old on and on um the story uh of season two primarily although the first episode not so much but primarily it takes place on the world known as harlan's world which is the um it's basically where they mine the materials right well it is the place where the stacks were created as well and uh, that's also kovach's original homeworld right right that's where kovach our main character um was born i Broke believe yes yeah, he grew up there with the sister mm -hmm. on harlan's world um so uh this at this season kind of takes place closer to home for the main character which is good and bad, I guess. I guess that's kind of a nice touch. It's kind of cool that it's taking place in his home planet. Um, not much else to say about the setting without really diving into the characters. Uh, what we can say is that um, it is surrounded by satellites that were left there by what they call the elders, this ancient race that they um, got some some technology from but mostly they don't understand how elder technology works in particular they don't understand the satellites 
they know that they automatically activate, so they send up fireworks on celebrations and stuff like that, and the satellites blast them out of the sky. But they haven't been able to control the satellites ever. Right. They're like defense satellites. Yes. Right. And the stacks. They call it angel fire. The cortical stacks. Right. Angel fire. But the cortical stacks are based on the technology they found there. I always got the impression that they were just mined from the materials. No, no. It's the science is based on elder technology. The uh, trees, the spires, right? Uh, that may have something to do with it. Yeah, there's these mystical trees and it's that's kind of convoluted and I didn't look very deeply into that when I was researching for the story because okay. it's an aside and not that important. So, uh, so let's dive right into our characters. Uh, I just kind of ad-libbed a bunch of these notes and so my bias it will come out if I read through these notes. I added little tidbits about characters that I didn't like. Uh, I couldn't help it. I had to put him in there. So Takeshi Kovach is played by Anthony Mackie. Uh, if you don't know, he's the guy who plays Falcon in the Avengers movies. Um, slash Will Yoon Lee. Will Yoon Lee? Uh, he plays Kovach Prime, the original Japanese guy. And he also played him in flashbacks in the first season. Right, he was in the first season. Um, uh, let's, well, let's move on real quick. Uh, so he gets, in this particular one, our main character, he gets... Uh, contacted by someone who is a meth, a guy who is not a meth head, huh. a meth. It's kind of a dumb name. Yeah, they could have come up with a better name for the elite. Um, who is afraid that he's going to be killed, so he's basically hiring this elite warrior, Takeshi Kovacs, to be a bodyguard. And he gets there after some back and forth, and he the guy end up ends up being killed. Like immediately, right. he gets decanted as they call it i think right is that what they call it or is that a different show that might be a totally different show okay he's thought out decanted whatever they call it and he's immediately <laughs> dead everybody's dead and i was really disappointed because the uh the rich guy was played by michael shanks mm-hmm. played daniel jackson stargate i was like yeah great great actor and he dies yeah, right he away did a really good job in stargate and in burn notice Oh, yeah. Even though it's kind of a jerk in burn notice. Yeah. <laughs> he still did a good job. Um, <clears throat> so, he, uh, Takeshi Kovacs is, has been on um, a mission for from the previous season. For 30 for years. For 30 years to find Kelkurst Falconer, his long lost love, who he... He's- who we don't like. I'll just put that right out she there. She was fine in the first season because she was kind of like this mythical figure in his past, which wasn't so distant to him because he'd been on ice for 250 years while she'd been dead. Right. It was fine the way they did it in the first season. Yeah. In this one, at the end of the first season, he finds out there's coordinates for her. Like, she's around. Right? Um, His sister, as she's dying, claims that she backed her up. Right. So he thinks at least that her stack is intact in somewhere mm-hmm. in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he spends 30 years looking for her, and that's when he's found by a bounty hunter uh, whose name is Trep. Trip. Trep? I've got it written down here. It's Trep. And she's just badass bounty hunter chick who finds him. And... Uh, 
she becomes more important, but really in the first episode, she just like finds him and then vanishes for a couple of episodes, right? One or two? Um, just the first episode because she's got her own thing going on that we kind of look at every now and then. Yeah, she's it's a subplot kind of with her that we don't really care about. Probably aren't going to talk too much about. Because um, it never amounts to anything, really. It doesn't, really. Yeah, she's she's there's a bunch of characters we don't like in this <laughs> season. Uh, Trep is... I wrote, a bounty hunter tracks Kovach down in the beginning, is a lesbian, has a son, looks for her brother who allegedly joined the resistance, which is fake. Um, her father owns a fencing operation. Right? Fencing? Yeah. Or is it like black market? It's like a gun shop, but he takes like no, because illegitimate armor and guns, doesn't he? Her father? I don't recall exactly what he does. He was imprisoned for a long time during her childhood so of course she has a big chip on her shoulder about him yeah which of course means he's gonna die um <laughs> yes so but he installs uh, technology like she has a an implant in her head that helps her hack stuff so well why don't you just go through the rest of the characters and then we'll get into okay. what we don't like about okay them. it's hard it's hard uh kel chris falconer played by renee elise goldsberry which is kind of a mouthful of a name uh is this gives away the very end so this is this is the spoiler you want me to not say it yet she's the resistance leader from way back when uh, when he Kovach left the military and became completely infatuated with her for some reason becomes kind of a simp and (laughs) uh, he joins her resistance and everybody gets wiped out except him and then he goes on ice for 250 years and when he wakes up he's still hung up on her Right. So the premise the premise of him being hung up on her is fine. In the first season. Yeah, it makes sense. In the second season, it kind of still makes sense, but it's 30 whole years later. You'd think after 30 years, 30 years of anybody who isn't with their love is going to... It's going to drop well, the feelings of love. So especially considering the fact that the whole first season, you're reminded that Kovach hates meths. He, right. hate, he thinks that was the whole thing he was fighting against, was people living forever. Right, and that's why there was a rebellion in the first place yeah. that Kel leads. Yeah, but here he is. He's been jumping bodies for the last 30 years. He's staying alive, doing the, the very thing that he was fighting against, apparently, in order to find this woman. Um. So when she shows up, he thinks it's somebody who's gotten an illegal clone, because apparently it's illegal to clone her body because it was such a big deal way back when. Oh, sure. So he thinks, I forgot about that. Yeah. So when he sees her, he's certain it's not her because, um, you know, she's going around killing seemingly innocent people. Right. So we find out very early on that it's her. Mm-hmm. First episode, second episode. It's her that is killing the meths, right? She's so got all, amnesia, of course. Right. Of course. These, all, these old school meths are being killed and it's her. Um, but she doesn't remember doing it or how she does it because these are meths. They're not supposed to be, really be able to be killed. Mm-hmm. But she has some ability that she doesn't know how she does it or why she does it because she forgets how she does it. And it's kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, Kovacs wants to help her. And that sets the stage for the rest of the whole show. Okay. So, uh, moving on, unless you want me to read those. No, no, no. Very, they're very snarky and we gives could... away the total end. We could get into long things about all this. We should just get through the characters. We'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so our next character is Poe, Ed Poe, uh, from the first season. Referencing it again, he's um, Kovacs finds an AI hotel uh, 
run by a uh, a um, facsimile, as it were, an AI that puts on the portrayal of Edgar Allan Poe. It's called The Raven. In this new one, it's called The Nevermore, which is a really good name for a hotel. It's super cool. Well, they find a vacant, crappy old hotel that uh, somebody Kovach um, used to know owns, and he's just on real good terms with Kovach, so he kicks out all the drug dealers and he lets them have it. Right. It's like a it's a Yakuza drug den. Mm-hmm. Or, or something in that effect. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the AI has an, again another subplot story that we don't like. We'll talk about it later. Um, but he is become extremely unreliable, even though he's very loyal to Kovat. He's got some sort of glitch in his system that makes him forget things. Because at the end of the first season, he was destroyed, ish, by, by the virus. Is that right? Uh, How was he destroyed? They recall. came in with some sort of tech that destroyed the AI and a whole bunch of stuff in the hotel. Yeah, so it's a, it's kind of a running thing through most of the season where Kovac gets mad at him, uh, tells him to reboot, and then leads to Doga do a thing, and the AI doesn't reboot um, because he's afraid he's going to lose all his memories because, because it's a possibility, and his memories make his identity, and he can't do that to himself. So that's kind of the gag there. Because he's hung up on a character from the first season that we had never actually talked about. Um, oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. We didn't talk about it in the other episode because it's a subplot and we didn't care that much. But it's it's more of an annoyance than anything else. I know we're supposed to feel some pity for the AI or some sympathy for Kovac's frustration. And all it makes me do is just, oh, shut up and go away. Like, <laughs> shut up and go away. So... There's that, and we'll get more into that. Right. So the next character is almost kind of a minor character, although it helps move the story along. The governor, I forget her name, and I didn't see it in any articles I was reading. The governor of the uh, whole planet, um, played by Leela Lauren. Uh, she is... Um, the daughter. She's the daughter of the guy who founded the world. So yeah. she's the daughter of Harlan. Right. Her Was that his last name? First name. I'm pretty sure it was his first name, wasn't it? I don't recall. I kind of feel no, like no, her last Governor name is Harlan. Harlan. Yeah, yeah, she's Governor Harlan. There you go. That's her name. Mm, okay. <laughs> Governor. That's her first name. Um, so she's just kind of a hard, hard-nosed uh, governor of this planet who is uh, on the verge of losing control of the planet to the Protectorate, which is like the governing body of the galaxy. It's right? who Kovac used to work for. Right. Kovac used to be like an elite soldier with the Protectorate. And she is kind of in a power struggle with them over over the control of the planet. She's the governor, not not like the not the uh, prime minister or the president or the emperor or whatever. She's kind of under the control of the protectorate, but she doesn't like it, so she's kind of got this power struggle well, thing going. So no, the thing is that her father was the governor, right? And he lived forever and ever and ever, and he was one of the founding mess, right? And then vanished. Yes, he apparently, apparently decided to renounce. I think that's what they called it, renouncing. Yeah. And he joined, like, this, um, basically this server of people who decided that they were giving up life and they're just going to go live in happiness. Yeah. Forever in this nice it's little fake garden. digital utopia. Yeah. So she claims that he did that. Um, and early on, you can't tell what side she's sympathetic to because she butts heads with the... Uh, 
the evil white male of the show. Right. Let's put it that way. He's coming up. Um, But then it comes clear after a while that she's actually a very evil person. Yeah. And, um, well, should I get into the spoiler or no? No, not yet. Okay. Um, so that's her. Right. So our next our next character is Ivan Carrera, played by Torben Leibricht. <laughs> Leibricht? Like, I don't know. Uh, apparently he's German in real life, too. And his real name is Jaeger in the show. Yeah, and the show is his real name uh, from way back when he trained Kovacs to be a soldier in the Protectorate uh, was Jaeger. Um, so he's kind of the badass that, that Jaeger trains with before he even meets Kel. Uh, and Kovach that Kovach trains with that's what I said isn't it you said Jaeger trains with oh pardon me um Jaeger kind of takes Kovach under his wing he's like his mentor he kind of sees himself as Kovach's father figure because mm-hmm. Kovach killed his own father we don't we're not told why he was abusive I think is what we okay. gathered from the first season yeah so uh Kovach is kind of this runt that this guy takes under his wing and trains him to be the badass that he becomes um uh let's see our last character's trip we've already mentioned her bounty hunter i already read the whole thing yeah she she's uh got a brother that she's constantly looking for and she even all the money she makes it's kind of part of her character arc is that she makes a lot of money she's one of the best bounty hunters out there she puts it all into attempting to find her brother who's been missing for a long time not long time. He goes missing routinely. Oh, okay. Routinely. But he's been missing for a while this next time. Right. And she finds out that he's part of the rebellion pretty early on. Right. So and she's should, all angry about that. So you should probably get into what the rebellion is in this one. Right. The rebellion. Um, I'm not really totally well versed on the rebellion. You remember? Uh, pretty much. So you take this one. Um, when he wakes up, Kovach wakes up on Harlan's world, he sees that... There's apparently some sort of a rebellion going on between uh, the governor's forces and these people who claim to be Kellis. All right, Kellis. Yes. Right. Um, but you come to find out that that's completely fake, that the governor is basically paying actors to pretend that there's a rebellion going on. So that she can remain in power. The protectorate doesn't want her out of there while there's unrest. So she's fomenting a fake war. Mm-hmm. Uh, on purpose and then reporting her successes against the rebellion as governor yeah. to, to the protectorate. So at the very beginning, she fakes a ceasefire between herself and the Kellis. Right. Um, so when Trep goes looking for her brother uh, with Kovach later on and Kel when they meet up with her, mm. um, they meet up with the Kellis and uh, Kel wants to take her place and lead them and yada, yada, yada. And uh, Trip um, has hacking software. In her right, head. right. So she realizes that um, her brother's DHF is hanging around the neck of this supposed rebel. Yeah, so he basically got killed. Yeah, so... It ne- it's never made clear if that DHF is dead. It, it is dead. It is. Yeah, yeah, because... it's got a bowl hole through it, right? Or something no. like that? No, they find out later on from, like, a video surveillance or something. Um, we should back up. Kel has been in stasis for centuries, put there by Kovach's sister. Right. And the fake rebels, uh, among whom was Trep's brother, stumble across this place. 
Oh, and, that's... and they accidentally activate it, but they also activate the consciousness of an elder that um, died very horribly at the hands of Harlan and the other founders of Harlan's right. world. So that's kind of the crux of the. Uh, that's that's the crux of the story. Yes, that's the spoiler. In the end, is that Kel is kind of possessed by this alien intelligence, mm-hmm. um, and it takes over her body and endows her with a special power. Am I taking over? Well, I was about to say what happened to Trips. Oh, oh, sure. Explain, please. Yeah. So they wake her up. The consciousness uh, gets into Kel. I think she made an agreement with it. Is what we find out that she it could use her body to go and take vengeance. Right. But um, the th- manner in which she kills people is never fully explained. It just says that I can manipulate the metal in your bodies or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, it infects the people. Like I believe it infected the people that found Kel. Right. And so now their DHFs are just fried. And that's why her brother's dead. Trump's yep. brother. Okay. Uh, I re- yeah, okay. Good reminders. I did not recall all that. Um, right. So I'll just go on and explain. Like, that's that's the thing. Kel, uh, she, her whole ethos is that she does not want the the stacks the stacks are evil that's a bad thing that man is living forever yeah she's the scientist that originally created them 300 years ago or whatever um and she just wanted to use it so that she could study more and be a scientist even longer and i think she wanted to see the stars that's what what they keep saying saying. yeah which is basically saying that she just wanted to live longer to be smarter you know to study things more Mm -hmm. that's basically what they're saying um, but then she di- she discovered the evil of the thing that man's not meant to live this long, so she does. She makes a bargain with the the entity, right? The elder consciousness that's like infected her stack, just to go take vengeance on on the founders. Yeah, right. Because the elder wants to kill all the founders because they basically genocided the elders. Yeah. When they, when they first arrived on Harlan's world, we see it through flashbacks of, I don't remember whose consciousness, but they arrived there and they found like this spire and like some pods, I think. Yeah. I, I might have been out of the room for part of that. Um, but they realized that, oh, these are living elders. And they said, well, we've got protocols for first contact, but Harlan says, no, let's just kill them all. Right, so Harlan's a bad guy. Yeah, of course, the white male's the bad guy. Yeah, of course. And... Um, so they wipe out all of them, and uh, the whole thing is that the elder is angry because they killed its children, which is understandable. But um, so it, it decides uh, to kill everyone, everyone on Harlan's world now, because Kovach um, gets into Kel's mind in order to sequester the elder mind and put up a firewall, and well, we're right. going to save her from it. So just asking her, and it's dumb that she could have just said, hey, there's this thing in my brain. I made a deal with it to go kill all these guys, but as long as we do what I said I do, nobody else will get hurt. No, no, no. She couldn't possibly say that. So they screw everything up. You're uh, assuming that she knew the whole time and she didn't have any When she woke up, she said, now it's going to kill everyone. Oh, that's true. Yeah, when she woke up, she's like, I made a deal with it. Yeah. I, I need to fulfill that. Now it's gonna, everyone's going to die. So the whole time she knew. Or 
Yeah, we're, we're not told. <laughs> yeah, we're not told. So, There's some holes there. So it escapes into Jaeger because at the time that Kovach is messing around in Kel's brain, uh, Jaeger has hacked in through an AI. Right. Who, it's kind of convoluted because it so it's, it's all kind of VR-ish. Like they're all kind of mm-hmm. in each other. There's consciousnesses. They're not, it's not real. It's all in the mind. It's... It's a bit convoluted. We're kind of coming at great. the story from the rear end anyway. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about Kovach Prime. So maybe maybe I should shut up for a minute because I really didn't like this season. And we should talk about um, what we thought was uh, good and bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that will open up discussion on, on all the other things we should talk about. So let's, let's, let's zoom down here. I'll start. I'll start with my top three and then you do your top three how's that and then we'll do the bottom and we'll just we'll just talk ad nauseum about how the things we didn't like uh so my number one these are in no particular order there's only three um number one kovacs prime coming in is a nice touch that effectively utilizes the in-world components for a character dynamic i think it's cool that the the world building kind of allows for it allows for duplications of your consciousness and then to like meet yourself of an earlier version. And that's what happens. Kovacs mm-hmm. prime is, um, the original Takeshi Kovacs from before he even, uh, met Kel and adopted her ethos. Right. So he's still a protectorate warrior. And, uh, at some, at one point Jaeger puts him back in his original body. Yeah, he got somehow he got permission to clone his original body, right? Which is highly illegal. I don't know, maybe he just stepped. It's really illegal to double sleeve someone, right? It's big time against the law. So I think Jaeger stepped outside of the law in order to bring this other Kovacs in. Well, I don't think they didn't. He doesn't tell anyone that that's actually Kovacs in there. Oh, that's true. Because nobody knows what he looks like. Yeah. That's he, a good point. He has a conversation where I think he calls him Evergreen or something like that. He has right. permission to grow the body. Oh, I see. And it's a special body. We haven't even gotten into that yet. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. So, yeah, that's my top one as well. In no particular order is Kovach Prime was my favorite character. He was well cast. He was well cast in the first season, too. He kind of matched with Kinnaman's playing. Is it Kinnaman? Is that the name of the actor? Yeah. Yeah, you could kind of sort of believe that they were the same person at some point. Yeah. Um, he was he had more of a personality, I think, than uh, I can't remember the name of the actor. Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. I couldn't stand that. <laughs> yeah, he he was a much preferable character, and at a certain point when they brought him in, it seemed like, I know, maybe they'll do the unexpected. Maybe they're going to kill Anthony Mackie halfway through the season and Kovach Prime will now be the only Kovach. That would have been unexpected. That would have been something interesting. So, yeah, I I enjoyed that character. I really liked him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, moving on. And this is another one that we aligned on because I didn't tell you my top three. I just asked you and I wrote mm-hmm. them down. Um, but my next one... Uh, has to do with the ancient entities. Um, I wrote, having an ancient entity that wants revenge for the genocide of its people is not a terrible trope, which I know isn't a glowing endorsement, 
Um, but I think it's cool. I think it's good world building to have an ancient entity, an ancient past, an ancient thing that affects mm-hmm. today. Uh, I kind of appreciate that in the story. Um, it's tropish. Uh, you find it a lot in a lot of stories, but I'm, I'm okay mm-hmm. with it as long as it's well done. And this one's fairly well done, to be honest. I mean, I kind of wish there was a little more technicality to it. You know, a little more exposition of the weirdness of back then of coming to a new planet and finding these strange beings and on and on. There wasn't any of that really going on in the, in the show, which is fine. Different storytelling uh, dynamics and ways of relating a story. It's just, I kind of wish they had played it, played it up more, but gone are the days of seasons of shows that are like 20 episodes long where you get whole episodes of storytelling and arcs that stretch through long long periods now it's just you get eight shows they're all really really high production and they blast them out on netflix and you know you don't get any length to develop anything so it's not surprising they didn't expose a little more yeah well that was sort of one of mine it wasn't so much the fact that they had an ancient entity i kind of thought that was a bit played out yeah in most things what i found interesting was that they were going into the elders and the history and stuff like that at all mm-hmm. and in the end i was quite disappointed that they didn't yeah yeah it, they they started multiple storylines that seemed like they were going to get into this and they were going to get into it and then in the end yeah there's this ancient entity and uh and it's possessing this person and it wants revenge yeah, it okay. just it just ended up being a um, almost a MacGuffin. Yeah. 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 So they, I liked the idea of getting into it because I found that interesting. In the first season, they kind of reference the elders every now yeah. and then, but it's not a big you know smack you in the face. We stole technology yeah. that we found elsewhere. It was more of a look at this fossilized thing that I have that cost me millions of dollars. Yeah. Isn't this so cool? Yeah. Um, so I liked the idea of that. Um, so my third one, it was hard to find. It was really difficult to come up with three good ones for this season. Mm-hmm. Neither of us liked it much. Um, I wrote the world building is pretty well done regardless of my feeling on the season as a whole. Again, not a glowing endorsement. Mm-hmm. But the whole setting and world that is built for for the storytelling itself the setting itself is really cool to me you know it's kind of dystopian it's very futuristic the idea of immortality is appealing to me uh in a sci-fi setting you know the whole thing is cool and they did a pretty good job in the new season of adding to it Mm -hmm. and giving you even more ideas and uh avenues of your mind to go down just to think about the possibilities that could happen in that world so that's that's a plus for me you okay well we diverted a little bit there i said that i thought the character of jaeger was pretty good yeah i thought it was interesting that they brought him back they didn't immediately tell you who he was and he didn't immediately recognize kovach either because he was in such a different body um i thought he was well cast um kind of like him in the first season is Kovach. He's kind of a. That was your old phone ringtone. It's not my fault. Um, I was uh, kind of a, a stoic, serious um, 
just kind of a warrior. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is that's all he does apparently now because you find out um, he mentions at one point that the protectorate keeps backups of certain certain people, certain military guys, and he's very well valued. So every now and then, um, he's mostly just put on ice, as they put it. Mm. But they spin him back up in times of war when they need him. Yeah, which so, is really kind of lame. Um, but apparently, part of the thing with the protector is that they don't. Nobody has notoriety. He's just an anonymous guy and that's why he gets a different name and a different face every time he comes up yeah yeah so he's he is dynamic in that way because he makes at some point he kind of has a bit of a monologue on how awesome he is and that whoever he's talking to should definitely take note about how awesome he is because he's awesome and he's (laughs) done a lot of incredible crazy stuff that you don't even know he's done because he's always wearing a different face but uh-huh. he's like the guy that topples governments uh-huh. he's the guy that assassinated this famous dude you know like he's the guy he really should pay attention yeah and uh, throughout um most of it he just he can't stand the governor he and at one point he makes a comment about how he doesn't have time to kiss her ass or something like mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. she walks into the room mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't really react to it but yeah. he um I thought his acting was very well done. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And a season full of really boring characters, I thought he was well, well cast. <laughs> okay, now we get to the meat of the whole podcast. The things we put, did not put like. On, put, on your, put on your hats, because this is going to get nasty. Um, the bottom three. And it's aptly named. Mm. The bottom three. Uh, my number one. I'll do one. You do one. Okay. Oh, one. Try to keep it short. Try not to rant Sorry. too much. Too much. <laughs> uh, the action sequences got a whole lot more Marvel, and then I wrote magic gun magnet hands. So yeah. at the very beginning, you learn that um, that the meth that wants to have a bodyguard out of Kovach, this elite warrior, has given it, endowed him with this uh, sleeve, as they call them, that's enhanced by the military. It's military enhancements with fast twitch muscles, and this is a thing in the first one, but also, these magic hands that suck guns out of the thin air, so he can, like, activate his magnetic gun hands and have guns just shoot to his hands. Yeah, and... It's really cheesecracker. And you find out it's also got, like, subliminal reflexes. Like, at one point he falls off a cliff, and he wakes up dangling by his fingertips. Yeah, it's like a self-preservation uh, module that's installed in his sleeve that allows his arm to just magically, even though he's knocked out and flying down a cliff, his arm just reaches out and grabs a cliff face. Yeah, and... It's, uh, it's just... And the part nah. that, that really made me face palm mm-hmm. was when we first meet Jaeger, like, he comes in like, oh, this is going to be a badass. And then all his little minions start doing backflips and spinning around and, like, shooting under the armpit type stuff. Like, not literally, but, you know, <laughs> like, imagine a cheesy old western type shootout <laughs> with karate and that's what it was. Yeah. It's, uh, I was going to say it's the difference between, you remember, anybody listening remember the first Jason Bourne movie? Mm-hmm. Those action sequences, they're, like, really hard hitting and sudden and a bit jarring because they're so brutal in the way they're portrayed you know it's the difference the difference between that and a marvel movie mm. with these big 
fancy action set pieces and, and shoot sure. the guns into the hands and do the backflips. Yeah, they, and... they even use slow motion. Yeah, at some point there's way, slow motion. Way over uses yeah, slow yeah, motion. Yeah, a few times. Not, not great. Not, not good coming from the first season. If the first season had it, I wouldn't complain. I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't even know that it was worse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd just be like, that's the way they're filming it. No problem. But the change of pace is odd. They didn't need to do this to make it less gory. They could still have kind of a brutal, heavy-hitting action sequence like the first one. Just tighten up the gore, have less blood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. They went full-on action superhero Anthony Mackie. And I have to wonder if they did that because it's him and he's in well, Marvel movies. they also had Calcrest leaping around and doing backflips and flipping her hair at people. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's goofballs. Okay. We're going to do mine now? Yeah. I did not like the casting at all. I wrote nearly all of it. I couldn't stand Anthony Mackie. He's just... He comes off as kind of a over-emotional whiny shouty spoiled brat he's not believable as the same guy from the last season who's been alive for the last 30 years maturing yeah conceivably he's a stoic and hardened guy in the first season because of all the things he's experienced all the death he's seen everyone he knows is dead Everyone he cares about is dead. And he just just wants to do drugs and go back on ice. He's basically his character in the first one. He has to start caring again. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, just... Emotional? Yeah, it doesn't mean he's going to be emotional. Quick to anger? Yeah. In the second season, it's like he's completely forgotten to have any sort of self-control. And he'll just randomly... What's that? Damn Edgar... Like, or whatever he calls yeah. it. Damn it, Poe. Like, yeah. oh, he just, he seems like a teenager. He seems like a teenager. Yeah, and then when he finds out Calcrest is actually alive, he just kind of follows her around like a lost little puppy, making excuses for her behavior. So saying, yeah, you murdered a lot of people. Yeah, you made a big mess, but I still love you. He's like... You just wanted to see the stars. Yeah, yeah. You poor, you poor thing, you. So that's... I feel so bad for your plight in life. Yeah, so that's him. I So I thought Calcrest was okay as she was portrayed in the first season. So the casting was okay for her, I guess. I, I, so it shouldn't be the casting. It should be the acting, I guess. Yeah, is what it it's is. the direction. I mean, actors act the way they're told to act, yeah. generally. So Calcrest comes off as just condescending yeah um over the top you know i smell my own farts kind of like, <laughs> I, I don't like when people say that but that's just kind of how she is like yeah she is just so smart and she's just so moral and she can do no wrong and everybody needs to listen to her because she knows what's right um i did think the governor was well cast I yeah said, i, I thought Jaeger well. was well cast yeah i didn't like trep no I didn't like her wife partner who seemed like she might actually have a personality and a role at some point because she used to be an archaeologist um and I thought oh okay maybe they'll get into the elder technology and that came up for like five seconds yeah the elder technology Total thing of like is five seconds passed over a lot um they have a son together apparently mm-hmm. from a man that Trep apparently hooked up with at some point 
the son is in a rented sleeve. Mm-hmm. And he calls them both mom. Yeah, it's weird. It's just, it's like they, somebody got out a checklist. Okay, so people didn't like that we had a white male in the first season. They thought he didn't smile enough. He didn't have personality. Let's see. Oh, I know. Here's our social justice box. We're going to check every single one. And And then we'll get a good review from Vanity Fair. Rotten Tomatoes. And if anybody is surprised to hear us say something like that, you just listen to our other podcast, Hinterlands Feed. Mm. Hinterlands Media. Look up Hinterlands Media. Listen to those episodes. We have strong views, um, and we don't apologize for them. I, I think it's weird that a woman just hooks up with a guy and then has a son and then hooks up with a woman later oh, on. Oh, but like, this is the future. It doesn't. Yeah, it's still weird. Don't it, you remember Lando? It He's does, pansexual. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. They, um, they, it's kind of more allowable in this universe, but it's still kind of like. Come on, just yeah. We didn't talk we about it. We don't need to talk about it. We didn't talk about it last episode, but there is a similar-ish storyline. Not really, um, because in season two, it's not the second woman is not the kid's mother in right. any sense. But at the end of season one, um, a side character um, has his wife thought out because she's like a specialized hacker or something. Yeah. She's put into a man's body. Yeah. And it's super weird. They still love each other, even though he's a man. I would work real hard to get a woman back in there. And they did. <laughs> yeah, and they ultimately. Did by the end. Yeah. But, so it was just, it was an obnoxious storyline it's, it's that a, served very little purpose. It's a giant head nod to that, that mentality. Yeah. In the end, Trepp's character served very little purpose. Yeah. Except to just kind of be around. Yeah, she's not that important of a character. Um, okay, are you done? No, I hated Poe. Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to talk about him, too. Oh, okay. Well, I was just going to say, um, well, maybe I should save that because AI subplot. See, mm-hmm. sorry. I told you, I really didn't like this season. It's hard it's for true. me to, to zip. So. Okay, my number two is Kel. Yeah, we disliked similar things as well. Uh, I wrote Kel's totally is a total Mary Sue. They could have at least left out the whole she's the scientist who created the stacks thing. Think about it. She's an elite warrior. She's a scientist who apparently is smart enough to create this ultra amazing technology where people never die anymore. She was there in the beginning. She started the rebellion. She's uh, awesome and pretty and blah 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 blah. Like any character like that I'm just I'm over it. I don't care. You're right. She's very condescending and kind of has this this I'm better than you attitude the whole time and I just don't care why Kovacs likes her who knows she's not that awesome (laughs) she is awesome that's the problem she's too awesome yeah and throughout the whole season she's kind of um, you need to let me go like I'm not that great he's just running around after like but 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 I love you yeah he's a wilting flower Um. in this season are we absolutely positive she created the stacks? Yeah, she's a scientist okay. that made the stacks. That's what that, I thought. That's part of the thing. And then she doesn't like her creation later on. Of course. Therefore, rebellion. I, I don't know. The whole thing is just it wasn't it wasn't great. It's kind of boorish. Uh, I guess you already did your number two with the virtue signaling. You just went on and on, didn't you? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll do my third then. Um, uh, I wrote Poe and Kovacs went from quirky and interesting to emotional, singular, non-nuanced characters. 
I feel like they feminized them. They did. Yeah, they're they're emotional women now instead of instead of stoic warriors. Of course, um, Poe was never a stoic warrior, but he was in the first season. He was pragmatic. Yeah, he was uh, a little more uh, logic driven, which is makes sense. He's an AI. Mm-hmm. He should be able to just like run the numbers and choose the better or the lesser of two evils, as it were. You know. But in this one, he's he's like, oh, I'll lose my memories if I reboot. And what about all my friends? And wah, 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 wah. You know, I think in real AI, well, this is this is getting into some strange philosophy, but like true AI, uh, they say is going to behave just like a human, but I don't think so because it's still it going to have some directives, some prime directives, as it were, right? It will be and more those directives logical. are guided by logic. Yeah, I would, I would assume. I don't think true AI is, is achievable, um, at least insofar as it acts like a human and and bases its choices on emotion. That's a very, very human thing to do. I don't think we can create, um, we can create a machine, as it were, an electronic circuitry. Uh, that's muddying waters, but you know, a computer to behave emotionally because then it's irrational. People do irrational things, and Poe was acting irrational, which really brought me out of the idea that he was an AI. Anyway, well, that was my third one the AI subplot. Yeah. So, my problem with that is they should have left him dead. There was more payoff with him dying in the last episode of season one. Mm hmm. They should have kept that. And I think I mentioned that. Yeah, if they got a new AI that had like a different personality, that would have been way better. Maybe one, maybe one that didn't make decisions that that Kovac expected him to, Mm -hmm. because he's new and he doesn't know Kovac as well, and he is running subroutines and logic in a different way. That would be a super interesting thing to do. Yeah. Well, they did try to bring in a second AI to. Uh, well, she was boring. Yeah, she she was, was just the pretty chick that was helping. Well, she again, it was one of those things. She was an AI who worked in a archaeology site. Mm-hmm. Again, I thought, okay, they're going to get us into the elder stuff. And then they never really did. Yeah. Um, and so she was there, and she was kicking around with him, and she was trying to help him to fix him so he didn't have to lose his memories. But it would have been better if they just left him dead. Yeah. Um, instead, they did. They turned him into kind of a emotional, irritating character yep. who is not believable in the least. And it's something that a lot of shows that have artificial intelligence seem to try to do is they try to bring them closer to humanity hmm. by making them act irrational and welcome to being a human. You know what it's like to be a human. No. I think Star Trek did it well. Remember um, one of the Star Trek, the new, the new-ish newer generation mm-hmm. star trek movies where data the beginning data has a an emotion chip installed remember that and it malfunctions mm-hmm. and he ends up just like laughing hysterically until like being in pain at the stupid joke that's not funny I remember. and everybody they have to like yank it out of his head like that makes more sense you I know what i mean never really got into next generation but it's just such a dumb idea because it really what it shows is that if when they try to make AIs more human, they feminize them and they make them stupid. 
um, rather than <laughs> whoa, <laughs> you know, he makes uh, dumb decisions throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and at the very end, right? You know, he makes another dumb decision. Well, let's talk about the end, and then we'll wrap up because um, well, we need to talk about like the plot with Kovac Prime and stuff. Well, that's what I mean. The oh, okay. end, the very, very end. Okay. So the the extreme end the actual end mm-hmm. of the of the show it ends with Kovats taking the entity into his own mind and then purposefully frying himself with angel fire right mm-hmm. uh which destroys his stack and his body in giant air quotes his stack and giant air quotes and then immediately upon the ending of the show you find out that after after the dumb AI we don't like finally decides to reboot when mm-hmm. he comes back oh I seem to have found remnants of a complete human DHF in my system who is it because he doesn't remember oh, we don't know who it is right his memories are gone but it's clearly Kovacs they wouldn't commit to killing him no. and you and I both agreed resoundingly that they should have kept Kovac Kovac Prime is alive at this point actually yes. he's he is alive he's on Harlan's world he's in his own body he's in his own body and he just like kind of walks off into the distance and we don't know what's going to happen with him but what a much better story would it be if they killed Kovacs and they kept Kovacs like committed to him being dead and kept Kovacs Prime as their main character for the next season yeah that'd be so rad because that we like that actor this guy doesn't have any memories of what happened recently, which could make for some really interesting dynamics when he runs into characters who know him, you know, and they're trying to convince him of certain things. He's already met Kel and kind of like yeah, she adopted her ethos. Yeah, she disappears. Well, we're we're just going to go our separate ways, which is fine. That's a fine ending with her. I don't care. Um, but he's he's learned all of... He had like in-depth conversations with himself. Mm-hmm. about why Kovacs ended up following Kel and therefore he's kind of got an inkling of of the mindset that Kovacs went through to become who he became. Yeah. So he's on his journey to do the similar things, you know, but mm-hmm. in a different way. It's it'd be such a better storyline. Well, so when it ends um right before Poe gets rebooted, um, it shows him talking to the protector after everything's gone down because the governor is dead. Right. Um, Jaeger is dead because he got infected with the uh, the elder consciousness, um, and he was about to destroy all of Harlan's world with the angel fire. Right. When they took him out. Um, so Kovach Prime is talking to the protector, and they're saying, "Well, double slaving is punishable by death." He said. There's no double sleeve. I'm all that's left. Right, because the other Kovacs is dead from Angel Fire. Yep. Completely dead. And then he talks to Kel, and she's about to uh, beam off world, as it were. Mm -hmm. And he's got somebody coming to collect her body. Right. Or her sleeve, rather. And so it would have been a much better ending. It really would have. But they can't commit to the death, and it's a theme that is just showing up in everything. That's going to come up a lot in our uh, podcast, where... Going forward, I'm sure we're going to encounter it over and over. We see it all the time in so many different TV shows and movies and books. Uh, a character dies, and then they come back, and they die, and they come back. And it's so... It gets old. Just kill your characters. Leave them dead. George R. R. Martin is kind of onto something. He kills a lot of characters. 
but for once I'd like to see a main character who makes a sacrifice because that's the point Mm -hmm. dies and stays dead yeah you know that'd be that'd be refreshing um it's a little it's maybe I just had an interesting philosophical thought Maybe the reason they can't commit to people dying and staying dead is because Jesus died and came back. Hmm? And it's ingrained in their psyche. They no. can't help it. You know? There is no permanent death. No. No? No, it's just lazy writing. The oh, first okay. season was good. <laughs> the first season killed Poe. It killed his, it, wa- his sister's done. Yeah, his sister is dead. It committed to, be to her fair. being dead, yeah. Um, not that they could really come back from that with the way the first season did it. Yeah. Um, and what was his name? Um, the Purfoy played in the first season. Oh, Bancroft. Bancroft. He stepped down. He kind of saw saw his own faults. Went to jail willingly. Yeah, and that wrapped up well. The first season did quite well, I believe, wrapping things up. And Kovach returned the body that was not his. Right. And walked off into the sunset as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might actually be able to say that they left the door open for Poe returning and that the last shot of the show has him walking out of the Raven. Yeah. Carrying a bag. There's some room for that. But it's just it just seems like lazy writing to me. Um, in a world where death is semi-permanent... Or permanent some of the time. Then actually dying, it holds much more impact. Yeah. 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 So, um, I thought they were going to actually kill um, the the main Kovach, not Kovach Prime, the other one, halfway through the season. When he is fighting himself in the woods and Kovach Prime tosses him over a cliff. Hmm. And I thought, okay, this might actually, this might actually improve, this might be okay. And then... They go from a black screen to Trep talking, and you see him hanging by his fingertips and just, oh. Because <laughs> his body protected itself by swinging its arm out and grabbing a cliff, even though he's unconscious. Yep. It's so dumb. It's funny. It's rather humorous because <laughs> it's stupid. Um, okay, let's let's wrap it up. Uh, bad, not bad. Okay, good or excellent. I thought it was bad. I think it was bad, too. I, I don't think it can quite rise to the level of not bad. That gives it a copper on the metal scoring system. Yep. Copper. Soft, malleable, corroded, green, tastes lame like piece of... Tastes like pennies. <laughs> That's right. It's bad. No, it just... It... Yeah. All right. I wanted another season, <laughs> and this wasn't this wasn't what I wanted. To be fair, there is an anime that we need to watch now. It will probably not be the next episode, but I would like to see it. Maybe we'll do an episode for the anime. Yeah, we need to move on from something else. Maybe we'll, we'll do a video game next. Yeah, I'm not sure what the next one will be. I had an inkling. One of my friends recommended that I watch Devs, so I want to watch that now because he's definitely piqued my interest. Don't really want to do another uh, TV show. Maybe... The one after the next one. We'll do Lock and Key eventually, and I'll complain about that, too. Yeah, we can complain about Lock and Key. Uh, But, yeah, maybe a video game next. Uh, We've finished a lot of video games. I've finished several not too long ago that I really enjoyed. Before we wrap up, are you going to mention that super creepy, gushy article you read? Uh, uh, I mean, I can mention it. The, the, The author is 
He's so woke. Got a man crush. He's so on. woke. Yeah, he thought he thought Kinnaman portrayed Kovacs terribly because he doesn't smile and he's too stoic and he's just a wooden plank and he never cracks any jokes and how dare he be so bland and boorish. But Anthony Mackie, ping, stars in my eyes. He's so pretty. And, he, <laughs> and I can't believe how good he portrayed the character. He just looks like he's going to smile all the time. And it's so nice and refreshing having someone with such a wide range of emotions for this elite soldier. Soy. Yeah, oh got yeah. super soy face. And then he got all mad about Jaeger because, of course, we have a boring white guy. It literally says a boring white guy in the article. Like... Come on. It basically loved all the characters we didn't like. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. They checked all and they, the diversity right, social they checked justice all boxes. the diversity boxes. Yeah. And this guy was all over it. And I went to his Twitter. The first mm-hmm. thing you see in his Twitter bio or his description is he, him. Yep. Pronouns. Yep. yep pronouns. Which is so woke. It's so woke. Um, And didn't Rotten Tomatoes love the second season? Yeah. They gave the second season a much higher rating than the first season. And I think that's... A big mistake and my biggest problem with the first season kind of going backwards here but my biggest problem with the first season um really is that the story conveyance is a little it's a little too busy to give you a clear picture kind of have to watch it twice you know because there's a lot going on they give you subplots they give you a lot of info all at once it's like a detective story wrapped up in a gritty sci-fi and there's just so much there mm-hmm. uh that's really my only gripe everything else I, I rather enjoyed um i'm sure i could think of other things but that's that's the primary one it's a bit muddy but uh that's not that big of a fault really because in the end things wrap up and it's, it's fine you, well, so maybe we should just what's the problem with the story this time around um, the story this time is that, uh, well, just listen to this episode. <laughs> well, the story this think? time around to just kind of surmise all of it. Surmise? Wrong yeah. word. Uh, to encompass the story this time around, go. he's been kicking around in various bodies for 30 years. And he's been pining away for Kel. The whole time. Apparently nothing else going on. Apparently he's been yelling at Poe this whole time too because he won't reboot and he's glitching. But he keeps packing him around anyway. And then he gets offered a job finally after all this time. And then he finds his lady love. Uh, It's Kel. And then you just follow her around and it's lame from then on. (laughs) Right? Well, sort of. It's just, it's sort of like, here's the MacGuffin. Run with it. Yeah, that's true. And, um... Basically, everything he does just kind of screws things up more. Yeah. You know? In the end, uh, he could have just left Kel alone. Conceivably, she would have gone through with the deal. The entity would have left her body, and she could have gone off and done whatever she wanted to do. Yeah. All we get is a few myths that are dead, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those stories where if the main character does nothing... The story works out fine. Mm-hmm. Except there is a rebellion thing that kind of gets resolved, so there's that. Well, it's a fake rebellion. That, that's true, but it gets resolved. You know what I mean? It's bad. That's a fake rebellion. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're going backward. So I this felt, is the end of the episode. I felt sorry for Jaeger's character. Yeah. Uh, he deserved a better ending, I think. Is he totally done? Was that clear? 
It is not clear because not. they keep backups. That's true. They can just print a new one. Just hit print. Yeah. And it'll go burr, 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 like a printer and it'll just come out. Unless... Well, that's not real clear because the, uh, the Elder uh, can manipulate the backups, recall. Mm, that's because true. whenever it uh, killed a meth, it would destroy all their backups somehow too. But he came from off-world. That's true. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? I um, In this series, anyone can come back from the dead. Yeah. Which the setting allows for it, so yeah. it's fine. Um, I was going to say I was on Reddit looking at this show, and somebody asked, um, would you like to see an entire season work where Kovacs is a woman? Ugh. It was a poll, and I said, absolutely not. I said, no way. He was a woman um, for the first five minutes. Yeah, which is fine if it's like a tactical move to do a thing, mm-hmm. you know, because the story allows for it. But I don't think he would choose that for long, you know. It's, he's a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that is inconsistent with his character. Um, but I, I made a comment. I said, I would be, because they were asking what your favorite Kovacs is. I said I would be down with an entire season of prequel with the Japanese guy. What's his name? Lee. His last name is Lee. That guy. Mm-hmm. Kovacs Prime. Like a whole season about Kovacs Prime when he was hanging out with Jaeger and whatnot. That'd be a cool show. I think that would be rad. Yeah. I'm and right. it makes sense because he would look the same, right? Well, I'd be good with them just continuing on from there. Yeah. And just forgetting about his new DHF. Well, Yes. Um, that too. But wasn't didn't you see on the Reddit that pretty much everyone preferred Kinnaman? Yeah, yeah, everybody loves him. Everybody real. Don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten ratings. Tomatoes gets everything wrong nowadays. Yeah, yeah. They delete comments. They delete ratings. Yeah, any any big reviewer is going to review the second one better. But everybody real likes Kinnaman's portrayal much better. So there you have it. There's the episode. Um, find us on Twitter, Hinterlands Feed. Uh, that's all. The more oh, you can listen to us on Spotify. We're on a bunch of different places: Google, Apple, Spotify, all the big ones. Um, Hinterland Story Hour. Type that in. Of course, if you're listening to this, why would you need to? Yeah. Tell your friends. That's what you need to do. Tell your friends. Find us on YouTube. Are we on YouTube with this one? No, we're not on YouTube. Find our other podcast on YouTube, Hinterlands Media. Um, that's it. I'm all done. Okay. Good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs>